Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Cold outside, but we are allowed to make it warm in here, okay? This um, is going to be a great morning. Who's enjoying the morning so far? I am. Listen, we're coming up to my favourite time of year. If you know me, you'll know this. Christmas, wow, I love Christmas. I'm one of those weird people who loves the cold as well. So I wake up this morning, I'm checking my phone, like zero degrees. I'm like, yes. Look outside, there's a frost. I flipping love that. Now, who started watching Christmas films? Just chuck your hand up if you have. Okay, a few people. Me and Helen watched our first Christmas film on October the 7th. Okay, and we watched three that same day. So uh, we're racking our lists up. But listen, Christmas time's an amazing time in the life of the church because the world's looking at the church. And people are super open to come. Like literally research shows that people are more likely than not to respond and come to an invitation that you give them if you invite them this Christmas. See, I believe that everyone here this Christmas can bring one person to a service. So shall we try and do that? Because what we want is to see our town, our families, our friends, we want to see them impacted by Jesus, don't we? And you can trust, and if you've been around Arena for a while, you can trust that um, we're not going to do anything crazy. or Well, it probably will be crazy, but it won't be weird, okay? And it will be accessible, and, it, and the gospel will be presented in a way that people can understand. Yeah? Are we going to bring people? Yeah. yeah. Come on, let's try that again. Are we going to bring people? Yeah. Two people are going to bring people. It's going to be great. So we're in this uh, new series called You Asked For It. Paul spoke last week. Um, and I heard that was phenomenal and looking forward to, to tuning on podcast. And uh, as, as Julie said, Stephen's across at Ilkeston this morning speaking over there on this series, which you will get maybe next week or the week after. But this morning, we're going to jump into it right now. See, the series is designed around the biggest questions in our world today. We, um, we, we have a bit of a, a team that looks at what we're going to do in terms of ministry and in terms of sermon series. And, and we sat down and we thought this time of year, what would be great to do would be to look at some huge subjects. What I loved about Jesus' ministry was that he always spoke into the subject of the day and always in a language that people could understand. I think that one of the reasons why we've had churches closing around our country is because the church has been answering questions that nobody's asking. See... I might have an itch on my right arm, but if you itch my left arm, then that's going to make no difference at all. And what we want to do as the church is we want to harness the wisdom of God and use it in a way that's relevant to our world today. See, we're not coming up with any new ideas. Uh, You've got to know that I'm not coming up with any new ideas or Paul or Julie or Christian. We're not coming up with new ideas. Actually, what we want to do is go back to the wisdom from Jesus. We want to go back to the wisdom from God because that old wisdom, that wisdom of the Bible is actually the greatest wisdom that we could tap into. So what we want to do in this series really is harness the wisdom of God and use it in a way that's relevant to our lives today. Is that okay? So one of the biggest things I see in our world today, one of the biggest issues is stress. Right? Who's ever experienced stress? There's a few liars in the house as well. I think we've all experienced stress. I think we all understand what I'm talking about when I say stress. In our world today, it's pretty normal to hear someone say, like, I'm stressed or I'm burnt out. That is literally like something that you'll hear on a weekly basis. 
And it seems to me today as well, like when you say hello to someone or when you, you greet someone, you say, how are you doing? And most of the time, the most common response I get to that, that um, question is, good, but busy. Anyone else? Do you see what I'm saying? Or, or some sort of mixture of that kind of phrase. I, I'm doing good, but I'm busy. See, in our world today, it seems to me like our busyness is an indicator of success. Like we want to be busy. Like if we're not busy, that suggests that we're not successful. And if we're not busy, we feel guilty that we're not busy. Has anyone else felt that before? Uh, That's why one of the reasons, to be honest, I love Christmas because it's guilt free. I can sit in my pants and I can just watch TV. Okay, what a lovely sight that is for some people. See Paul just dreaming into the distance. But this thing, this busyness, this stress, it's caused us to live as a nation, to live in the Western world in a constant state of stress, a place where we're stressed out, a place where we're lost. I've seen people do crazy things because of stress. Like, I've done crazy things because of stress. I can remember, I can remember, who thinks it's Sometimes hard to get out of the house in the morning. It can be, especially with two kids. And this morning, I needed to be on time, okay? I needed to be on time for work. And I might have been out a bit later the night before at a meeting. And I woke up and everything was just not quite working. And I'm there and like, my hair took a bit longer to do, obviously. Yeah, guys, that's a real problem. And like, my clothes might have taken a bit longer to iron. And you know that if... If the iron from like if I'm ironing a shirt, you've got to know I'm like this with the iron. I'm like like that that killing at the ironing board. I'm like, please come on. It just took longer. And I've I've got out of the house, I've rushed out of the house, I want to be on time for this meeting, and I've got into my car. Okay, I've got into my car and I just expect my car to drive. So I turn my car around, I pull out my drive, and I quickly realize there's a big issue. Because my car's going like half speed. I'm getting hundred meters, two hundred meters down the road. And I'm realizing my car has got a problem, okay? And as the the rational man I am, what do I start doing? I start hitting the steering wheel. I start going, I'm like, what's happening with this car? And like any upstanding married man, what I did next was, of course, blame my wife. I'm like, Helen must have done it. She must have broke the car. What is she doing? Trying to get her on the phone. Like, what have you done to the car? So I carried on driving down the road, getting more and more agitated. I'm going to be late. I'm like a mile down the road now with the car, like just literally going at a snail's pace. And I look at my dashboard. And to my horror, I see that little orange sign that says the handbrake's on. (laughs) In my stress, in the rush of the morning, I've left the handbrake on and I'm trying to drive away with the handbrake on. See, I use hyperbole and exaggeration to make my point, but stress affects us all. And stress makes us less than who we were called to be. Stress makes us do crazy things, makes us make bad decisions. It makes us um, half or a shadow of the person that God had called us to be. It makes us less effective. It makes us a worse husband. It makes us a worse dad. It makes us a worse friend or a worse colleague. Stress messes us up. A, uh, A study shows in America that 77% of all adults um, had physical symptoms, not just felt a bit of stress, they had physical symptoms because of stress. Stress is at epidemic levels. And the studies in England show also that 
Every single year, stress is rising and rising and rising. We're more stressed than ever before. See, the, the paradox to this is that we've actually never been more comfortable than ever before. We've never had bigger televisions. We've never had more choices on the TV. We've never been, had more comfortable sofas. We've never had better cars. We've never had better gadgets. But in all of this comfort, we're getting more and more and more stressed. See, I think that's because we've never been more occupied. We've never been more connected. We've never been busier than we are today. If you go back 15 years or 20 years, then you could go to work at 8.30 a.m. and you'd work hard till 5.30 p.m. But at 5.30 p.m., most people would just check off and forget about work until 8.30 a.m. the next day. But with the invention of these little things, the phones, wherever they are, we've all, well, I would have thought most people have got one in the pockets. Because we're constantly connected, today it's so normal for people to be sending emails at 7 o'clock at night, 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, receiving emails at 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. We're constantly connected, so it becomes really hard to switch off. When you used to leave work on a Friday night, you could forget about the pile of work on your desk until Monday morning. But now, because of the laptops we have, you take that pile of work with you because it's all on your device. See, it isn't just work, though, that gets us stressed. See, in this room today, people are balancing numerous plates, spinning plates, not just in their hands, but with their feet. Have you ever seen one of those people who does all the plates? Yeah, they're spinning them, spinning them. I just want him to drop one. <laughs> I've got to be honest, when I'm like that, I'm just like, yeah, someone please bang into him. But a lot of us are playing this balancing act where we're balancing the plate of work, we're balancing the plate of business, we're plan- uh, balancing the plate of spending time with our family, of spending time with our friends, of that social setting, of doing chores around the house, sports, volunteering, staying connected. The plates we're spinning need constant attention, don't they? Or they fall. See, this relentlessness of life has led to people constantly being stressed. It's not rare today to see someone lose it in traffic or when the internet doesn't load up straight away, being like, come on! That's a stress reaction. That is not a normal reaction. See, stress can lead to us carrying a weight around that's too heavy can bring us to a place of feeling like the world's on top of us, like there's no way out. It impacts our relationships, our families. It impacts our way of life. It makes us less effective and can lead to circumstances that drive us to an early grave. Today, we're going to talk about how to handle stress. John 16, verse 33. Jesus is talking to a group of people, as Jesus did. And what he says is shocking. I've got to be honest with you, just a disclaimer. This is shocking this morning, what Jesus says. Like, what Jesus says is unbelievable. What Jesus says, he should never, ever say. He goes on to say about this, because we know if you're selling something, if you're selling a product, not that, that Jesus is a product, but if you're selling a product, you focus on the benefits, not the negatives, yeah? That's easy, isn't it? That's simple. Well, what Jesus does here, I can imagine his disciples being like, Jesus, just, shh, just be quiet. Like, we want people to follow you. Jesus says this. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, 
you will have trouble. Now, if I'm there, if I'm one of the people sat in this inspirational talk from Jesus, I'm like, Jesus, hey, my name's Josh. I don't know if I heard you wrong, but I just thought that I heard you say, in this world, you'll have trouble. Jesus would be like, yeah, that's what I said. And then I'd be like, well, Jesus, aren't you supposed to be like the saver? Like, Jesus, aren't you supposed to be the healer? You said that, Jesus, you're the Messiah. Like, you're the one who's going to come and take our pain away. Like, trouble, what is this talk of trouble? Go back a few years, and, and Helen and I, we went through what you would call a period of trouble. We've all been through trouble, yeah? And... We've been married for about a year. We're just coming up next week to six years of marriage. But we've been married about a year. We'd had a great year, phenomenal year, best year of my life. And we were both fairly comfortable, like comfortable in our jobs, comfortable in what we were earning, comfortable in our life. We were doing new stuff. It was phenomenal. And at the end of this first year of marriage, Helen found out that she was going to be made redundant. And and that just is what it is. That's fine. Okay. It's not the best thing, but it is what it is. And then within a few weeks... I found out I was going to be made redundant. So we've gone from this place of like being kids, I know literally adults, but kind of kids living with our our families, living um, at home and stuff, to adulthood and got these bills and we've got this house to pay for and cars and all that stuff that comes with being an adult. And we find that we're going to both be jobless. Now on top of this, I can remember coming back at like, this is probably the same week or maybe a few weeks after. can't remember exactly. But I came home from football. Played football on the Saturday morning. Came home and Helen was holding a letter in her hand. And she looked really upset. I was like, babe, like, what's up? She went, uh, I-, I might be pretty ill. Um, and she was obviously upset. And we both sat down and we were there and kind of quite upset. I can remember to this day sitting there together on our sofa. And uh, just both being emotional about kind of the stuff that we were going through. Like Jesus says, in this world, we will have trouble. See, at times we've, we've been sold a gospel that's completely false. A gospel that says, come to Jesus and like life will be fine. Like everything will be okay. I'm sorry to tell you this morning, but... As a Jesus follower, you don't just float through life. Just because you know Jesus doesn't mean that you will not experience trouble. I can promise you today that you will experience trouble in this world. See, it'd be easy to think that Jesus was talking to this huge impersonal crowd in John 16. Think, oh yeah, that was just for his, the people who didn't follow him. Unfortunately for us, it was to his closest followers. The people who have been with him since day one. And he was saying to them, in this world, you'll have trouble. See, I I can tell you, you'll have financial trouble. You'll have health trouble. You'll have car trouble. You'll have child trouble. You'll have school trouble, work trouble, relationship trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. Don't you hate trouble? Honestly, don't you wish it would go away? Don't you wish you could just... Close your eyes and, you know, those days when you just wish you could just go back to sleep and hide yourself in the bed. But I'm sorry to say that trouble's here to stay. And you know what? Trouble causes stress because we're control freaks. 
and we can't control trouble. Trouble is uncontrollable. Trouble hurts. Trouble can last. And trouble can seem like it will never be gone. Are you encouraged this morning? <laughs> We're finished. Let's wrap up. <laughs> I'm glad to say that that isn't the whole quote from Jesus. In John 16, verse 33, this is the whole quote. Jesus says this. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. See, I thank God for Jesus. I thank God that every situation that I go through, Jesus has already overcome it. I thank God that he's overcome the world. See, when you go through trouble, you have two choices. You can run away from God or you can run to him. You can run away or you can run to him. And let me tell you, no matter which way you run, you're going to have trouble. But what's different is how you handle the trouble on either side. See, me and Helen in this situation, we're in this situation where we're both going to be redundant. We're not going to be earning any money. We're not sure how Helen's health's going to be. We were scared. But what we did that day, when I came in from football, we sat down together and we prayed and we said, God, we know that you've overcome the world. God, we know that you've got our, our lives in your hands and that is where we want them to be. Listen, if you're looking after your own life, if you're trying to control your life, yourself, then let me tell you, trouble's going to be hard to overcome because you can't overcome trouble. But who can overcome trouble? God can. Because it says in our word that he has overcome the world. Take heart. So you might say, why does that make a difference? It makes a difference because I know that he holds my future. I know that he has the best plans for me. I know that even though I'm going through trouble now, that God is going to bring it around and work it for God. See, people get so stressed out because they're forever worrying about tomorrow, what might happen tomorrow. We do that, don't we? Yeah, that, that meeting that we've got or, or we know that, that situation that we're going through or this might happen or that might happen or like North Korea might bomb us or whatever. Do you know what I mean? People, See, when you know that God overcame the world, you know that you're going to experience trouble, but actually you can know that as you give your life to Jesus, as you put your life in his hands, that he's overcome the world and you're going to be okay. See, the great thing in Christ, when we go through tough situations, awful circumstances, he can turn it around for our good. Romans 8 verse 28 says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. See, every situation, every trouble, every hardship we go through, God can turn it around and he can use it for your good. <clears throat> See, this situation we were going through, because when you're in trouble, like when, when you've got a, a circumstance, you're like, why God? What, what's kicking off? Like, what, what's the point? But the perspective's amazing, isn't it? And we look back now, and today, I, uh, I, I'm in business. I, I have a business because of getting out of that job. See, I probably wouldn't have left that job because I kind of loved it. I kind of liked it. But the reality is, I was in my comfort zone, and I needed to move on. See, Helen was in a job that was paying her okay, 
But the reality is, again, was she being challenged? Was she somewhere where she was passionate about? No. And because, again, of God moving us out of those places, she's now serving in church as well, which is phenomenal. And thank God as well that that health situation, actually, God just broke through and there was no issue in the end. So thank God for that. But listen, God turned it around, this situation that seemed rubbish, that seemed awful, seemed like we didn't know a way through, we couldn't see a way through. God turned it around and used it for our good. So when you're in trouble, in that awful situation, it's not always easy to see why. But when you put your life in God's hands, when you can trust God, you can know that you're going to turn the situation around and use it for your good. See, I don't know what you're going through today, but I'm here to tell you that God can help you and God will help you, that he's never let anybody down and he isn't going to start with you. You might, you know, my situation might be far smaller than yours. You might be going through some horrible stuff. But listen, that doesn't make the principle any different. God's word is true. I believe God's word. And I know that he can come through for you and he will come through for you as you give yourself to him. I think the greatest stress deflating verse in the entire Bible is found in Matthew 11 verse 28. Kind of a life verse for me. I'm going to read it from the message version. And Jesus is saying this. He says, are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or or fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, stress isn't caused by the presence of trouble. Stress is caused by the absence of rest. See, people get stressed out doing things they love. People get stressed out looking after the kids. People get stressed out playing sport. People get stressed out serving in church. Stress isn't the presence of trouble. It's the absence of rest. See, this verse sets me free because Jesus, once again, is outlining his terms of engagement that he wants to know us. This morning, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out? You will never escape trouble, but you can escape stress. See, we do this by going to Jesus, by running into his arms, living life in conjunction with him. See, I think the way we do rest in the 21st century is not always rest or not always beneficial. I'll tell you, sometimes I can sit down watching TV at night and I can be more stressed after it than I was before. Sometimes watching TV can be harder than a day at work. Guys, it's true. But, you know, the, the obligations, the clubs, the, the engagements that we have to go to, our free time can actually lead us to getting more and more stressed. And we never really rest. We never take, take a second to unclutter our mind and just get away. Throughout Jesus' ministry, you can see it if you follow him. If you've read the New Testament, you'll know this. If you've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll know this. Let me tell you, Jesus was a busy guy. He was the guy of the day. He was the man of power for the hour. Like He was the guy that everyone was looking to. 
Everywhere Jesus went, and this is not exaggeration, people followed him. Huge crowds, large crowds, crowds who wanted him to heal them, crowds who wanted him to help them, crowds who wanted his wisdom. Everyone wanted Jesus. And in his busiest minute, in his busiest hour, in the time where his ministry was at its greatest, what did Jesus do? He got away from the crowd and spent time with God. So you'll never escape stress if you can't get away with God. The antidote for stress is to give your weight to Jesus. You might say, Josh, that sounds great. Like, I need that. But how? I think in Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus outlines it when he says, walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. The first thing we need to do is to walk with God. Right at the beginning of the Bible, right at the start in Genesis God outlines how he wants to, to be with us, how he's, this relationship with God and humanity should be. And he walks with Adam in the call of the day. It's not a walk because to go into a meeting. It's not a walk because to come into church. It's not a walk on the way to somewhere. They're just walking to spend time together. And God wants to do that with you today. Let me tell you, Jesus died and rose again so that he could know you so that he could spend time with you, so that you could have an intimate relationship. So you need time every day where you can metaphorically walk with God, where you can spend time with him, not rushed, no purpose, no agenda, but just to get away with God, just to spend time with God. See, for you, this might be taking a walk literally. I know people who take prayer walks every day. And they can just talk and walk with God. For me, the way I do it, I wake up early in the morning before distractions. I put the kettle on. I sit down with a drink of tea. I read my Bible. And then I talk to God. Every single day, I get away with God. I bring my hurts. I bring my dreams. I bring my hopes. I bring my failures. I bring my mess ups to God. And I say, God, hey, help me with this. God, what do you think to this? God, there's this opportunity. What do you think? I let him speak to me. And he sets me free. What I'm doing every day is just unloading on God. I'm resetting from that previous day, from whatever happened in that last day. I'm resetting and coming back to God and saying, God, I want to live a big life for you. God, take my weight. God, take my pain. Every day, he sets me free. See, Jesus also says that we're to work with him. He says, walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. See, I think at times we've made our relationship with God about a checklist. So if I spend 20 minutes in my Bible a day and 20 minutes prayer, then that's great. And I'm, I'm doing really well in my faith. See, that's not relationship. That's transaction. God doesn't want just a little part of your day and because you gave him this part, you should get this. God doesn't want that. Listen, you can't earn your salvation. God won't love you anymore for, for reading your Bible. God won't love you anymore because you, you spend time with him. What God wants is to be involved in all of your life. That's why he says, walk with me. So let's just get away together, but also work with me. Take me into your day. God wants to be involved in that meeting. God wants to be involved in that situation. God wants to be involved in your family time, in your free time, in your spare time. God wants to be involved. 
something that I do. And God's opened amazing doors because of this. When I've been in meetings, when I've been going to meetings or networking or whatever it may be, I just say to God, God, open a door for me today. God, show me who to speak to. God, direct me where you want me to go. If I've got a tough decision in the day, what do, what do we say as the arena church? We say, pray first, don't we? When we come to a tough decision, hey, God, what do you think to this? God, help me with this. I've got this tough situation coming up. And literally throughout the day, I'm just asking the God of heaven and earth, I'm inviting the God of heaven and earth into my situation. As we work with God and as we walk with God, he says, watch how I do it. He actually shows us how to do it. I believe as we work with him and as we walk with him, we become more like him because we spend time with him and the more we spend time with him, the more we become like him. See, because stress isn't the presence of trouble, but the absence of rest, in our toughest moment, we can still have peace. In that year for us, which was, you could say, was the most troublesome year of my life, we probably had the best year of our life as well, me and Helen. It doesn't make sense. It's incomprehensible. It sounds crazy. But because we're giving our weight to God, because we're giving the reins of our life to God, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of trial, we could have peace. Philippians 4 verse 7 describes it like this. A peace that passes understanding. See, with God, it doesn't make sense. It seems crazy. But I want to tell you today, in that tough moment, as you give your trouble to God, as you give your life to God, if you give the reins of your life to God, then he can bring peace. You could be going through the toughest trial of your life, but you could still be living this huge life where God's with you. I'm just going to invite the band up. See, right at the end of that verse, Jesus says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You can't force your relationship with God. You can't force grace. But as we spend time with Jesus, as we give our lives to Jesus, what he actually shows us is this, that grace is unforced. That grace comes from relationship, that the rhythms of grace, that you can live this light free. I don't want to say easy, but this life with Jesus where he helps us get over our trouble. You can live this life in any circumstance, in any situation as you involve him. I just ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for me today. You're not praying, you're just giving people their space. And first of all, I just want to ask, if you don't know God, and this is, it might be your first time or it might be your hundredth time in it today, but you don't know God and you say, Josh, I don't know what it is, but I feel something in my heart. I want to tell you this. You might have heard all kinds of things about God. You might have heard that he's mad at you. You might have heard that, that you know, he, he thinks that you're doing wrong stuff. Listen, all that is rubbish. I'll tell you this. This is the Bible. God wants to know you. And God wants to be invited into your mess. That's the Bible. And if today you say, Josh, I want God to come into my life. I want God to come into my mess. I want to invite him into my mess today. I want to start a relationship with Jesus. If that's you today, I just ask you to lift your hand now. Lift your hand as a sign to God and as a sign to to yourself. Just say, you know what? I'm going to follow God. Great. 
Is there anyone else today? You, you say, I, I want to give my life to God. I want to start a relationship with Jesus. God, thank you for this person who's lifted their hand today. God, I pray, Lord, that as they give you their way, as they give you their mass, as they give you their rubbish, Father, that they will enter into a relationship with you that transforms them forever. Not into someone else, but into who you called them to be before time began. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy and thank you for your favor, God. Now today, I would imagine this is a few people. But you say, Josh, I've been bogged down. I've been carrying this weight that I just can't carry anymore. I'm hurting. I'm stressed out. But I want to give it to God. If that's you this morning, I just ask you to lift your hands. Don't wait for anybody else. Don't do it because someone else is doing it. Lift your hands. There's people putting their hands up. You're stressed out. You're burnt out. Yeah, his hands going up. There's no one looking around. So God, for all these people who've got their hands up, and for those who maybe weren't quite bold enough to do it, but I pray today, Lord, that their weight, that their stress, that their hurts, that their hopes, that their failures in their future, God, that they will put it onto you, that they will give it to you, Father. Lord, I pray that they get away with you, Father. They take time to walk with you, to spend time where it can just be you and them and they can unload on you. Father, but also they spend time walking with you and working with you. Father, where they can give you their day, where they can invite you into their lives. Father, as they do that, I know that you will take the weight, that you will set them free, Father. God, I pray where they're holding things back because it hurts too much. God, that they would invite you into the darkest corners and darkest recesses of their soul. And God, I know this, that you are a healing God and you are a God who sets people free because your word says who the Son sets free is free indeed. So God, I claim that today over people in this place. God, that you would set them free. Father, that you would heal them in your mighty name. God, we love you. God, we honor you. God, you are a great God. Thank you for being here with us today. In your mighty name. Amen.